Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers Podcast. Episode 61 of the podcast. Bear with us as we try to remember how to do all this stuff. We've had a long little hiatus here from uh, moving from an apartment into a, into a house. Me and my uh, fiance Jessica bought a house and it's uh, really cool. It took us a while to get set up and uh, we got the new podcast area mostly set up. It's going to be, be kind of cool. There's going to be the podcast stuff and then I've got a old uh old tv in here for an old for, for the, i'm gonna plug in the the old gamecube and n64 and playstation 2 it's gonna be really cool in here and run a hang up i got a lot of uh video game memor- memorabilia and still books and stuff like that's gonna be really cool so looking forward to getting all that done maybe i'll, I'll post pictures of the what the still books and stuff look like when we're completely set up but the podcast stuff is is easy just a couple of microphones some cords and a laptop so we got that going uh starting it it may not stick but start on this episode we're going to try and do the social media stuff and all the links and all that jazz on the end of the podcast and see how that sounds to my ears when i'm editing and uh if anybody wants to write in and, and tell us if there's any way they prefer things to be that'd be much appreciated if we get anybody to write in for that kind of things because i know some i listen to a lot of podcasts too and i've heard it both ways I don't necessarily have a preference, but I feel like some people want you to get right into the podcast. Some people just skip over the social media or just zone, like sometimes you'll zone out during the social media stuff yeah. anyway. Uh, but we're going to try to put it on the end. And uh, with that, we're going to try to go ahead and get right into the meat of this thing. We're going to do two games that we actually picked right before our little hiatus. We had picked before, we almost recorded one more before the hiatus, but we decided level 60 was a good even number and a very uh, strong episode uh, to take a break on we, we, with our interview with uh, Ben from One Credit Classics. I also want to thank everybody who came in uh, on Ben's fan base that came in and listened to the podcast. We appreciate that. And people on our side, we appreciate if you... When you listen, if you go check out all of Ben's stuff, of course, he's a hilarious guy, very fun, smart, and it's just it was a good time. We had a great time making that podcast with him. So I think that's about all I have. These two games were picked beforehand, like I said, um, but then we kind of trailed off, and now it's been two, three, four months now since we played either one of these games. We may uh, sooner than later do a podcast about what we – what we played during our little hiatus because we had put all our stuff in storage and all our, our home consoles were put away and all we had was our three DSs and we ended up just playing a whole lot of Pokemon. <laughs> so you may or may not get a Pokemon episode, but it would, I don't want to spoil which games we may have played a really, really old game and then a, a newer game and we might combine them to one episode to 
make use of our time spent playing only DS while we were on while we were off podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I think it's a good a time as any to go ahead and jump in this bad boy. We got uh, Blake will lead into the first game here. We picked two games that are extremely different, which we we like to do sometimes. Our first game we're going to be talking about is called Carto. It originally came out fairly recently. It was um, October 27th, 2020, so it's not too terribly old. Uh, it's developed by Sunhead Games, and they're based out of Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, they were founded in 2012, and so far they've made just three games. But each game has taken a progressively longer and longer development cycle, I guess because they're, they're getting better. And the fact that it is the whole team is only four people. I believe you get better, your games get faster, but maybe it's more, or the games get more and more complicated. I think that what, what it is is they're getting more and more comfortable and confident in their ability to do things. Yeah. Because like um, of the three games, I did not, I would have not guessed this was a Taiwan Taiwanese Taiwanese I Taiwanese think. game because the games in English. I mean, obviously the games in English. It doesn't look anything like any kind. There's no Asian anything. Maybe I don't know. There's a lot of uh, tribal things, but that's not really tribal, Taiwan. Yeah, that's not like, tribal I was stuff in Taiwanese. I just think there's there's no no Asian feel, which is cool. You can make anything you want, which is yeah. kind of neat. I would have never guessed it was a Taiwan company. That's cool. Their first game was called Ardence the Mort Ardence to the Mortars, and it is a retro pixelated game, kind of action adventure 2D platformer. Uh, and that only took them one year to make because, you know, those are always... Anyone who doesn't know that the reason there are so many side-scrolling games is because they're so easy to make. Mm-hmm. Well, I say so easy. I've never made one. But they're the easier, easiest easier make, because yeah. they require less, you know, because you ain't got to worry about 3D and stuff like that. You just boom, background, go. Uh, their second game, which uh, took that, them... Sorry, is that first game, is that available now? It's, Across consoles or PC? or It's... Uh, I'm not entirely sure where it is. <laughs> I do know the second one, just called uh, The Swords, is a mobile side-scroller. Okay. And that took them two uh, years. Odds are the first one's mobile, too, in that case. I would then. assume so. And then this is their third game, mm-hmm. which is a vast... Well, it's, it's actually... It is kind of 2D side-scroller-y. In all honesty. It's a 2D game. Oof. Two D three but you're but you can move in three dimensions. You move like kind of up and down. Yeah, up, down, left, and right. So that's true. Yeah, but still looks two D. It's still yeah. a two D game. There's no, I don't think the models are three D. No, everything. You're, right, you're, you're not really moving in a three D environment. No, because even when you we'll get to in here a second, but when you rotate the pieces, you sit it back down. It's They're still rotating on a two D plane. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think I would call it a two D. I won't say side scroll, but it's definitely two D two D puzzle adventure. Yeah. 
So that's that's it for their games. Literally puzzle with puzzle pieces. That's it for their games at the moment. Um, and here we're going to end on Cardo, which took them four years to develop. Anything? Do you have any news on anything new? I'm not quite sure at this moment because these harder, these smaller companies. No offense to them, are a little harder to track. They don't announce stuff as much. Yeah. Yeah, and because I do know that. Uh, well, that's really bad. That's all I know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know these are the games, and I think they were talking about working on the ports. Yeah, probably. Themselves. But I think it originally released on everything, and then they were trying to put it on PC, and the PC port wasn't actually great for them. I don't know. Some people struggle. It's funny if you start on PC, then you struggle to get on console. But if you start on console, then you struggle to get it on PC. It's just funny how things... Yeah. I'm not a programmer, but it's funny how that always... People seem to have the vice versa way of doing things. Because I kind of glanced at the reviews on everything just to, you know, try to get some other people's opinions. And for console, it's generally favorable. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, great game, super fun, quick. And everyone talks about the PC being clunky and annoying to deal with. I you can mess up. I don't know. You can, I don't know if it's controls or just general like how the game runs. The games can't the game can't be too taxing. Exactly, but I don't know. Maybe it's just how they ported it. Because for all we know, the people who made it could just be console gamers, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we know exactly how to put it." On That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're familiar with console, then you PC side's always harder. Yeah, I just vice thought, versa. I um, that was just kind of funny. So we played it on Xbox, of course. We we try to do every multi-platform thing. I think we said before on Xbox. And here we are shilling Game Pass again. Both this game and our second game were were on Game Pass. You've heard us say before we jump on things that are uh, that we want to play that tend to be leaving Game Pass. It's almost the best way to handle Game Pass for us because Game Pass is overwhelming. Uh, I see a lot of online a lot of people saying Game Pass is overwhelming. So it's a you're struggling struggling picking a game. Just play stuff that's leaving. <laughs> And sometimes that doesn't concern you, then just start yeah. alphabetically. Yeah, we got lucky during our move that a couple only, um, it reminds me, I need to add it to Gamefly. We had one game leave while we were while we were offline was uh, the medium. I don't know, a branch of that too much. Only one game left that I care about, the medium. Uh, we'll have to put that on Gamefly. Everything else that left was just kind of shrugging my shoulders at. And so we'll get into the type of game that it is. Like we just said, it is a, a top down side scrolling puzzler and the whole thing that kind of boils down to oh okay before I dive into the game let me give you two things that I'm gonna call it side scroller not side scroller but I guess 2D a 2D puzzler is what I would I keep saying side scroller because you do bounce across but you can't move in all three directions but the way the camera is it does feel kind of 2D-y but anyway I are dumb uh, before I get to you know dive into it, uh, there are two things that the company, people of the company, specifically expressed as how do, uh, as inspiration. Mm-hmm. First and foremost is a board game that everybody probably is familiar with, uh, Car- Carcassonne. Yeah, how did you gonna say that? I can just guess by the by the way the game plays. It's a hundred percent inspired by that, and like to the there's a quote from one of the people. Is it was like Carcassonne. That's literally all he that's said. That's their quote. That's their quote. It was like Carcassonne. I like how you scrolled through your thing to find the quote. It was like it's like Carcassonne. <laughs> it's literally all the all the dude, uh, gentleman, uh, uh, the director of the game. Uh, you had to save that quote to make sure you can remember it. <laughs> uh, the director of the quote 
uh, to quote the game, uh, Lee Ko Chen. Yeah. He was like, yeah, it's like Carcassonne. <laughs> That's all he said. For saying that name right, who knows? I hope so. Carcassonne, Carcassonne. People say it differently. Carcassonne. Um, how do you? Before we get to the, the gameplay, it kind of helps. We, what we always struggle with this every time is how, what the game looks like. This game does have it's 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 a cartoon style. I think it has its own look. I don't really know exactly what to compare it to. I would say, I, I the only thing I could think is chibi because everything looks a little squat and cute, but yeah. it's not like super anime chibi. But everything is, a, you know, a small well, cute. It is a. It is a. a, a I don't. You probably didn't say the art. Of it. it is. A, it is a unique art style to this game. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't really think of any. You know, sometimes developers will have a stock. Like, a game will look like look like an anime or look like uh, something else you've done something else you've seen this kind of just look like it's it's good it's what's good about the game's not doing pixel art is that your game can look like its own thing it definitely looks like it could be a uh, like a children's adventure book almost pop up sometimes yeah that's 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 the best way that's a good way to explain it it's almost like a children's adventure book yeah if you're curious of what what it uh, what it exactly looks like I will have a link to a a quick link to if you click on the name of the game in the show notes, it'll link you to a a little YouTube trailer. I usually try to pick one that shows the game game enough that you can get a kind of visual on the game real quick if you want to before we talk about the uh, gameplay. Yes, and one of the the last thing that uh, that they used as inspiration is again the director of uh, Sunhead Games. It's a French art book called. La Atlas de Geographics de Orba. And it's like a just a big uh, atlas of of it's yeah, it's basically the name name is exactly what it is, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's atlases. Uh, what is it? Atlases, an atlas of geography of the orb of the world or whatever. Um, I don't know exactly. I looked it up and it would, I tried to Google translate it and it just said. Atlas de Urba. I'm not sure what Urba is. <laughs> so Google. Orb. I'm assuming that's what it's Anyway. It's a, a French art book uh, created by Francois Place, Place. And it basically helped, they used it to help them create a believable world. Because this is kind of a, how do I, I said earlier. It's believable because you, you, move every, you move everything. Well, because when you, once it said it, everything sets into place. Yeah. And the fact that you do go to, like I said earlier, it is a, uh, tr- you go through several different tribes mm-hmm. and you get their belief system and this, and you're all over the world. You have like a desert yeah. climate, an ocean climate, a forest, no, a jungle climate and a forest climate, which are two vastly different things mm-hmm. geographically. And they made them, and then they also, how they put them on the map and everything as your world map so it would make sense. Like the equator will be hot. That's not where you're going to find a bunch of ice and woods, mm-hmm. doy, and so they had to. It was an ice area. Yeah, so it helped them, like, you know, just help them define their world and to make it more yeah. believable. So the the general gameplay. Uh, I say we do we do the gameplay and then kind of kind of go to the story a little bit because the story is just um, her kind of this really just adventuring. It seems kind of loose and what she's trying to what she's trying to really do is get, just get back to her grandma. I don't remember yeah, well, that exactly. What happens is her grandma has this map of the world 
and they're flying on a blimp. And she's explained that she's created this map to help her understand the world. That everywhere she's seen, she's jotted down. And it's helping her keep track of the world. Because mm-hmm. apparently it likes to move without her knowing. But when she, when she puts it in place, it stays. I don't know. It's just a silly little mythology in their world. Whimsical thing. Mm-hmm. It's but, her, own, her own kind of... Her own, we talked talk about tribes. It's their own kind of people. These people in the... That's what they believe and yeah, everything. In so. Do they live in? Does that her and her family? It's just her and her grandma live? live in that blimp. Something I happened if, to their I wonder, family. I, mean, I, don't I wonder know if they're like a whole people that live in the sky. Maybe it's possibly because that's what she was looking for—a place to settle. Oh, maybe they don't. Maybe they, maybe they don't want to live in the sky then. Well, because basically what happens is, Cardo is who is your main character, inspired by the word cartography, but or cartographer, your choice. It's very clever. And then she, uh, Cardo is looking at her grandma's map when they're come upon by a pretty amazing storm. I think it's like a tornado and thunders and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it caused it to, um, you know, racks their ship. And Cardo's holding on to the map and the map breaks. It gets shredded by the winds. And so the world just kind of, that because that map is holding the world together, yeah. the, the world kind of pieces of the world split apart. I guess. How does she survive the fall from the airship? Is she lands on is, grass because this is a cartoon. I guess she tuck and rolled, tucked and rolled from the miles in the sky yeah. above, above the clouds. That's all you got to do is right before you hit the ground, just tuck and roll or double jump. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Or you yeah. can save, hit your, put out and load your game and land safe. Yeah, double jump right before you hit the ground. Uh, she wakes up. I don't think you meet anybody right away. We're, we're, we're not going to play by play each area, but she does wake up, and then you just start uh, exploring. But you're only on one little pe- one little square mm-hmm. of, a, of a of a land. You're like, this is strange. And you start walking around, and you run into another piece. Like there's like these little floaty, glowy puzzle pieces. Puzzle pieces, and you you touch that, and you're, you're given another piece. It's like a page, a pe- like a torn. They end up being shaped like puzzle pieces, conveniently. Yeah. But it's a part of the the world the world map, and you find that piece, and then you when you pick it up, you get, you pull up your your you have a over a big map you can pull up, and then you could spin the you could spin the pieces, and you can connect the pieces uh, certain ways. Like you can't connect water to land, but yeah. you can connect land to land. And there's like a is there like a forest to forest piece of size. How many are there's water? And forest and just grass. Water, forest, and later there becomes like you can't do like uh, like ice with mm-hmm. not. Maybe. I don't know if it stops you or not. It's been a second. But uh, you, well, when you connect the two pieces and you exit back into the game itself, you just hit the little button and you go back to the game, the world is shaped the way you placed it by the puzzle piece. The puzzle pieces you snap together. So it's kind of. It's very cool when you when you first start out. And I, I will go ahead and say this immediately. Based off the you know, like the, the whimsical nature and the kind of cutesy wootsiness of it a little bit, uh, it is deceptively tricky. Sometimes it can be. It, we did have so we'll stay here too. Uh, Blake had a full full TA guide, made his run expedited. I played a couple hours because the game was leaving Game Pass only for a TA guy to come out when I was about halfway through the game. 
I proceeded to actually kind of restart. So my hours might be higher than Blake's when we say our hours later. Oh, yeah. But I did use the TA guide to kind of restart and expedite because there's collectibles to find and stuff like that. I used the guide to run back through the game pretty rapidly with the puzzles. Because, you know, we're not super into puzzles. We're just into playing interesting games. So the, the guide does tell you kind of how to uh, place things and where to go. And there's more <clears> – it gets more complicated uh, – in other areas, like the first place is just forest and a couple of roads. I think you got you to connect the roads together. I'm not sure if you have to connect the roads. Because it will like, oh, it block helps. you from dropping yeah. sometimes in some places. You can place the road anywhere, but like you do get a bird's eye view of your piece. And you're like, okay, where only the major details stick out. Like, oh, there's a dirt road that does a fork. And the fork will be one tile and then the path will be, you know, three separate tiles, and you just place them, and you can rearrange those in, in any way you want. Yeah. But one kind of fun, cool thing uh, is, say you're trying to fast travel, and you're like, oh, God, I don't want to walk all the way across the map. Because some of them get a little large. Not like open world large, but they do get a little large and take a time or two. You can literally just, if you want to fast travel, you can just take the piece that you're on, go into your map, pluck it up, and sit it right beside the tile you want to walk onto, and you just take two steps, and you're where you need to go. So the yeah, fast travel was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty fun. I did yeah. like that. And there are people that are, um, you know, we'll talk about those other NPCs or the other tribes. They're they're on certain pieces too, but actually sometimes you have to connect, like complete a puzzle in a certain way. You can actually make hidden pieces. Like you can do a certain, like say you do like a, a circle or like a square around, and then the center part will activate and like activate a secret tile with a person or an objective that you need to find. And you usually figure out you're told if you're talking to everybody, it's generally how you, I think it's how you would just figure out how to do the puzzles is by talking to everybody. Yeah, they're like, oh man, it's super foggy over there in the forest. I just wish that, you know, you could complete the uh, the square. Ha 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 ha. Well, they're not that obvious, I don't think. They, 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 yeah, they don't know. Obvious. See, I, I will put it here. People don't tend to acknowledge that the world is shifting around them. That's, what, that's one of my notes. So they're not going to like actually address the way you solve puzzles because nobody seems to know. They're just You pick up and move them across the other, other side of the island, and, and they just have no no recollection of being moved at picked all. up and moved, which I, I, th- I always thought was kind of – Interesting in a, in a funny detail of the world. Yeah, yeah, it's just the way the world is. No one says a thing about it. Yeah. And anyway, talk about talking, uh, talking to this, this, the first tribes or all the tribes. Uh, there's no voice acting mm. in the game. Uh, and that makes sense. Now, you said there's a real small team, I guess, but we always say do in-house or something like that. Do something. I mean, it can't. The different dialects for this game, the different world, having different accents across these different places would have made a huge difference in this game, yeah, I feel yes, like. Yes, it would have. It would have made more than just, I know they're trying to use a visual language, I imagine. It's in the dialogue a little bit. The way they talk is in the dialogue. But the they're usually using the visuals to make you feel like you're traveling. But I think if you were different places and people talked differently, it'd be cool. It's like something, maybe they would need a bigger budget to voice act on, on that kind of scale. I think it'd be a, a much more interesting game. Um, Cardo is strangely a silent protagonist. Yeah. And I, one thing I don't like about this game is she tends to speak in emojis. Yeah. That was strange. And I thought, like, and she's the only person that speaks in emojis. I don't know if she was shy. And maybe the emojis are her, like, acting out what she's trying to say. Was there any indication that she was shy or did, not social or something? Uh, mm. Everybody else talks. Everybody else, everybody else in the game talks. She except talked, for Carto. Yeah, she talked 
talked, quote unquote, spoke to people. I, I don't think she had an issue with being shy. She, I think maybe she was a little scared because she couldn't find her grandma. But she, as far as you can tell, she is young. She's definitely young, uh, preteen probably. Mm-hmm. You know, you know these like a like Disney movie. She's going on an adventure. She's like eight or something. I just, I just found it weird that everybody else talked and she literally she heard her bubble her bubble will pop up and it's just emojis and I was like this is silly silly I don't really like, like the way this is done and her not having a her, you know her being the title character and not really having any kind of notable personality, personality yeah. kind of takes away from the experience a little bit you want a strong lead you know you also maybe they're like you put yourself in the character you know and she, I mean, she then you don't name then you don't name your game after the main character then. that is true yeah I'm not sure what they were thinking. I do know you make friends along the way, but only one of them kind of sticks with you from the very beginning. That other girl? That other girl. Um, I don't know her name. Muri. M-U-R-I-L. Muriel. My bad. Uh, and she kind of sticks with you periodically. is Because she, again, she has her own, own whole story based off their mythos, which I think is... Uh, they're, I found Polynesian? their kind of like I don't know. I found their tribe strange because their whole thing it contradicts itself. Like they have a village, but in the village you grow up and you get on a boat and you sail away and never come back. You're not supposed to come back. Yeah. And how is there a village? I don't know. Their entire their entire well, Village talks about well, sailing it, away. It's at just dinner. that family. So like just the, maybe the family? dad landed there okay. and raised his family, and then they, all the kids. Then Is that what they say? That's what it. I, that's what I. That's I they talk about somebody else sailing off and never coming back, or I don't know. That just seems don't come back. You come back later, and she has to. You come back to. Is that what the? Is that where the fishing tournament is? Is yeah. that somewhere else? Is that there? Is that where the fishing tournament's at? And then you have to. She she sneaks in and breaks tribal law I guess by wearing a costume she sneaks in with a costume y'all do a, a fishing contest that's, that's that was like the most difficult part for me because like the placing and where the fish and stuff is yeah there's, there's an achievement there too for uh, catching the big like a, like big a, like, fish or like something a, like a mega fish but you have to place the place the tiles in a certain way and then that makes the mega fish appear guaranteed to appear yeah. I do remember that I don't really have a lot more to talk about, though. There's, we can talk about the other other worlds if you want to. There's a whole whole, whole game yeah. here. Okay, because there is some kind of. I'm trying to think of one because there's the the island tribe, the forest people. Yeah, list them all. I don't know, I'm trying to think of. Oh, okay. My favorite one. Also, probably my favorite uh, hidden achievement in the game is there's a, a family that lives inside a volcano or mm. volca- a live volcano. And there's, you know, fun stuff. Oh, ride the goats and to hop across, you know, mountain pass you can't do foot on. But then one of the final things you get to do is you uh, set the the massive volcano piece down and it completes the whole puzzle. I'm like, yay. But there's a really fun waking up the volcano achievement. Mm-hmm. And where you literally, you, you pick the volcano up and you just hit your... For me, it was the right bumper, and because of the volcano to, to rotate, rotate, you do it a bunch of times as fast as you possibly can, and you get the uh, the volcano mm-hmm. volcano achievement. And when you set it down, uh, it's it has its own separate animation, and that's like the only time in the game they're like, "Oh wow, the volcano's awoken!" And it's 
why is there a tornado coming out of the volcano? Like that's the only time I can remember them specifically acknowledging what you were doing. I guess because you called the well, indirectly. They don't, they don't know what she's doing. Yeah, but that that was probably one of my favorite hidden achievements because you can just miss it, place the tile, and do the story and move a on. A couple of missables. One of my other notes for the is in the volcano area too, and that's when you use the volcano pieces to kill a kill a bird. Oh God, that was it was, it was brutal. It was strangely. You do. Uh, strangely messed up. Like so, that then they you're this, this is other family there that's looking. They they need a bird, like a chick, like a, not a chicken, but like a bird for their dinner to finish dinner. Finish dinner, and they can't find a bird. And there's this bird flying around outside. I didn't initially know what to do exactly, but there is like some heat coming out of vents around the thing. Always one piece has heat in it, like a, like heat shooting up into the sky, and you have to like match this piece to where the bird's flying, and the bird will then fly into the heat and like like it's burning a little bit mm-hmm. and then you have to pick up the piece like it'll, it'll fly to the other piece and as it flies to the other piece you pick the heat up the, the hot piece up again put it back in front of the bird again and it'll fly into the heat again because the bird's dumb you gotta do this three or four times with this poor bird until it dies <laughs> it from, you, from, from you cooking it alive it's pretty messed up and i was like oh my god why, why, why is this in here like this it was it was rough it's about the darkest thing in that game. It was just like, because like, yeah. they would just like shoot a bird and then cook it later, which is more, because uh, there was no violence. That was the only violence in the game was you murdering this bird. Because I think, like I said, I think shooting a bird and then eating it is one thing, but then like cooking it alive repeatedly as it flies, you trick it into flying into this fire is just. One scene, one makes murder fun. The other one makes murder necess- necessary. <laughs> I guess. Hey, let's just cook this guy alive over the course of two or three tiles. Too rough. It was pretty good. Uh, I didn't care. Like uh, the some of these places do start taking too long. Uh, That's for sure. For uh, me specifically, the desert and the snow place. Yeah, were the ones for me. The desert goes quicker when you have the guide. Of course, I ran through it without a guide a little bit, and it's kind of sucked. The snow place is so kind of big, and there's like these sliding puzzles, and you have to like like an ice place. You have sliding puzzles. You have to place your puzzle pieces in a certain way to slide to get where you need to go, and then you have to place them a different way to slide this other way. And those are you can't. You could kind of look at it a little bit on your little map piece. It's hard to see if you're placing the slide puzzle the right way. And you can slide a lot more wrong ways than you can slide right ways. And it makes it a, a fairly complicated puzzle. The other thing is you could have the tile in the right spot, but it's facing the wrong direction. And so you got to you know tap it, but you don't know if it's in the right spot. And so you start moving the tile around. And mm-hmm. Without this guide, I don't think I would have got it. I might not have made it. I wouldn't have got it the 1K. I would have completed it, I'm pretty sure, but I wouldn't know. I definitely wouldn't have got the 1K. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the, is it the chateau. That's a pretty important place. Yes. Kind of the, kind of the in-between. Almost the, Which is a place that's kind of barely explained, but uh, very strange. What's his name? Bookkeeper? It's just a bookkeeper. I think he's just a bookkeeper of the, of the Plateau Library. Basically, it was a chateau. Yeah, I said plateau. It's chateau. Some of this place, you kind of end up. You just end up here between. I think uh, when you leave the first place, your boat kind of you boat and then you just kind of run into this place. I think he explains you only. You can't go looking for the chateau. It 
you find it when you need it. Is that kind of what, think is that what he how says? He explained it, yeah. Yeah, you can't look for it, but you can find it. And then she it'll, goes, you'll find it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the exact words that he used. You'll find it when you need it. This place, it's a it's a a place full of books, but the books are like explaining the world. It's like past, present, and future of the world. It's kind of interesting. There's a book on this one floor, a book that's like writing Carto's life while while it's happening. That is true. It's like a magic. It's like a magic. Tome, tome. It's like writing her life, and you can read. You read about your past a little bit, and then you go there to figure. Carto goes there to figure out where she needs to go next. And this is like this is a real convenient plot device. This yeah. building that's in control of what I would say it only seems to be her life. There's a lot of books there. So it's not there's just a lot her. of books. There's, there's it's the history of the world, basically. Yeah, basically. And there's and some you shift that place around too. Like you pick up the. Uh, you pick up, it's just floors, like it's just like, it's not like a big old map, it's like different floors, but you got to connect the floors and the rooms together, and it like, it weirdly moves, moves the building around. That's one of the, is it more complicated than the other one? That was because, one of the more complicated ones. Because of the way the rooms connect and what, what, what those, what those connections mean to different types of books and different parts of that little building you got to get to, because it's like, how many tiles does that place have? I don't really know. It's, well, because it gets progressively more floors up to, I think, four or five. I think it's always the same floors, I think. But I think it's the different combinations that cause different things to appear. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's more complicated. There's less pieces, but because you only have, you know, that there's a there's a mathematical thing where you have like four or five pieces. How many combinations are of those five pieces? There's a million combinations. Yeah. You know, there's there's a there's, a, there's yeah. a there's a there's a math equation that tells you that number. I don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah. I learned I would have learned it in school a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. But that that book's pretty cool. But uh, shifting those rooms around too would have been a lot to because it creates dead ends. He kind of tells you, so he kind of tells he gives you like little roundabout hints sometimes of what where he wants because the pieces do have like are they numbered or they have markers of some way. So you kind of know, and he kind of like I need you to do this and then that. Well, I think it's I think it's numbered slash colored. He's like, oh man, if the blue hall touches the blue hall you get to unlock the green hall i just don't i don't remember them talking like straight like that's what yeah. that, that's what how you solve the puzzle they don't talk that well, way. it it vague like because you have to read all the books in that room and the history is like oh the you know well, there's no history in the chateau no because you're, you're reading history of tribes because it's the world history of certain tribes and one of the tribes is like oh um you know the green monster we use some other term but it's like the green monster battles the you know it's defeated by the blue and white monsters or something or yeah. blue and, and you had to like kind of figure that out yeah again we, used, we had like we had a guy we had so a guy. I had a guy on my second run through thankfully <laughs> yeah is that all the different really places actually we kind of might have did all, well, we didn't talk about the desert too much it's just a lot of sand the desert has this thing where you're uh where you run onto the same tile over and over again. If it's if it, if it ain't put together right, you're like stuck in that. You're like quote unquote stuck in the desert. You're running off one side of the puzzle piece, and you're coming back to the side you, the opposite side. And you're stuck in the desert unless you do it the right way. Because the desert did that, and then the I don't think the jungle did it, but the forest did it because it was foggy, and you had to find your path through. Which through literally, the fog, yeah, the foggy forest that kind of to kind of cover and that. And you know, you you got you know the four cardinal directions. And then if you go up repeatedly, you might not go into which you would go up and then left, 
and then right immediately without going back. He did that thing where you walk backwards onto the tower you just came off of, and that solves the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that was a little annoying. But again, thankfully I had a guide. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I would have I'd, I'd been like, ah. I just ran around randomly until I discovered what to do. You would have made, would have made it eventually by accident. I would have brute forced my way through that puzzle. You got anything else you want to add? I'm not sure. We covered all the things and the covered. general storyline and finding. Because uh, there are cute little storylines that go on with each tribe and their 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 mythos and world building of their tribe and what they you know their beliefs and they're all pretty cool and unique, interesting and different in their own ways. I want to spoil them because that's the whole meat yeah. of the game of the storyline is those different those different people and what they do. Uh, you are finding people are actually just have a you help people sometimes and they're like oh I, I found this and they they'll hand you a new puzzle piece. You do get a little bit of these. Um, we walk into, cause I think this is a missable achievement, maybe. The letters from your grandmother. Like, you walk certain places and a paper airplane flies up from the sky, which show, which means I think she's chucking paper airplanes out of her airship. and they're Randomly. Con- randomly, and they're conveniently landing in front of Carto, which, you know, whatever. This is this is a cartoon, so. Um, but she's kind of just talking about her, like, really her adventures or, like, where she's at, and that kind of helps Carto. Maybe she takes that info back to the... Chateau and it helps direct her where she she's chasing she's like chasing her grandmother trying to find her mm-hmm. by the end you know reunite yeah reunite kind of about it kind of cool. yeah because you gotta you gotta kind of play it and see it and experience it and stuff like that which is that's the whole point of video games I guess it's a dumb thing to say yeah <laughs> but uh that's kind of the gist of it basically we did um we did both 1k at my time my time did say 1K in about five hours. I round up around down it. You sometimes you get minutes, I think. You did it in five hours. Yeah. Mine says eleven. Ooh, you must have been sleeping. Yeah, I probably fell asleep. So if I played through a game and a half, and it's the same game, a game and a half in five hours, and you did eleven, you were you were, I was you, were falling asleep. you were definitely sleeping. That's a what a waste of time. I did it in five hours. I just fall asleep with playing games because I'm a weak weak boy. Yeah. That it. I think so. I don't really have a whole lot more to add. There's our cute game for the for the episode. Not that we try to have a cute game in a adult game, but it just happens. That's how it worked out this time. It's games we played somewhat recently. Uh, the next game we didn't actually complete because of an issue we run into with uh, this genre of game quite often, and we'll get into that momentarily after Blake tells you about the game and where it came from. The game we're going to be talking about next is called Code Vein. came out September 27th, 2019. And it kind of cool thing is by February the following year, so just 4 months later, I think it is, 4 5 months later. Like 5 months later it had actually managed to sell over 1 million copies. So it actually broke the 1 million record within like 5 to 6 months, which is pretty awesome. For any game, really. I don't care. It's not Call of Duty numbers, but who cares? A game selling over a million copies is fan- fantastic. Now, itself, 
Uh, it was published and developed by Bandai Namco Entertainment. So it's developed by Bandai. I imagine it was a, some some subsidiary of Bandai. Yeah. Bandai's a big publisher. Yeah, but, but well, I think this is a specific branch, the Bandai Bandai Namco Entertainment, because mm-hmm. they do all the anime stuff. If it's an anime game, they usually have their hand in it. Uh, specifically, I think every DBC game, every One Piece game, every Naruto game, and every Sword Art Online game has been uh, developed or published by them, as well as a few outliers. Specifically, any Gundam game, any Tales game, Tales of Vesperia, Tales of Zestria, Viseria, Tekken, Soul Calibur, Ace Combat, and Pac-Man, as well as they developed, or they published, I think, I don't think they developed, they, they helped publish dark, all the Dark Souls games. Yeah. They didn't develop them because that was uh, from software, software. but they published all of the Souls games. Yeah, and they are all the Dark Souls. So glad they did uh, because Atlas uh, Atlas published uh, Demon Souls on the PlayStation, and then they backed out because Demon Souls didn't pop right away. It didn't pop right away, so Atlas backed out for Dark Souls One, and then Dark Souls blew up, and Atlas has got to be probably kicking themselves. Because mm-hmm. Atlas doesn't have very many extremely Atlas doesn't have any games I guarantee as large as Dark Souls. I mean, I know that I know that I know a lot of their library. Yeah, they don't have anything. They have the Persona franchise usually, the Shimigami franchise, which don't do Dark Souls numbers. No, now, the, the president was just kicking himself back and forth across his office, probably like why? Because it Dark is Dark Souls, man. Dark, one of the largest franchises in the world, and then and then following now. I did Namco Bandai do Elden Ring because Elden Ring is now That's selling Buku's the copies. They broke like 12 million copies the other day. Yes, Elden Ring is more than that. Since I then. think Namco Bandai might have stuck with them. I think they. I could find out real quick. It's not that it, we're tra- trailing off from the from the game we're talking about, but you can't talk about this game without talking about its roots. Oh, for sure. Well, and the fact that Dark Souls create well Demon Souls, mm-hmm. and then into Dark Souls. Created an entire new genre of the video games. The Souls like. The Souls like. So we talked about any other ones on the podcast. We've played a bunch. We we tried them all. Oh, t- uh, technically, uh, uh, from Ashes. From Ashes is definitely a Souls like. Yes. We, we, we talked about from we Ashes. About from okay. Ashes. Yes. We talked Souls with guns, basically. Yeah, gun souls. Souls like with guns. Gun souls. This game we're talking about. We deem, and I heard it online a couple. And we talked about another one, the something in the in, infinite, which was actually a a gun, gun souls like, because you played it on a GameFly episode, and you're like, this game is super hard, and kind of blew. Did, did we ever talk about it? We talked about it. Yeah, it was a GameFly episode. I swear to God, it was. It's you know too much too much to yeah. look up right now. We we did we did a, we did a couple, and we haven't talked about any Souls games right now because by the time our podcast started, we done played one, two, and three. I think one, two, three. Demon Souls. We don't. We, we we say all the time. We 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 beat we beat the we beat the Souls games because from software is a, they do it right. They do it right. We'll get we'll get into how they do it right as compared to other people do it wrong, which we mentioned before in this episode. Which is what honestly right up front is why we didn't complete Code Vein because of the main thing of Souls games versus Souls like is balance. Yeah. From software has nailed balance across their franchises that 
nobody else can hit for some reason. Everybody else's stuff seems wrong or unfair in their own different ways. But continue. I know this is a. This, I forgot that. I forgot that Covain leads to a bigger, bigger conversation. Bigger conversation. conversation sometimes. And if the one last thing is. We, uh, we talked about it with Ben. It was actually one of my questions to him about beating something out of spite. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we got the platinum in Bloodborne out of sheer spite. Yeah, we just said that last episode, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what a mess that was. Bloodborne is... To, to, it's funny how some people say, like, uh, people who play all the Souls games first will play Bloodborne, and they're like, man, Bloodborne's the hardest. And then folks who play Bloodborne first, like, because people discover games... Cause there's a lot of folks who are Elden, playing Elden Ring. It's the first game they've ever played. People will play Bloodborne first, and then they go back to Dark the Dark the Souls games. I'm like, God, the Souls games are just really way harder than Bloodborne. Because to me, it, to, to we're the we're the Souls to Bloodborne, and to us, Bloodborne is the hardest thing we've played. Yes, very much so. Now we're gonna dive. Like I said, I'm I'm not gonna dive too much into Bandai Nam Bandai Namco because they've been around for a while. They've published way too many games to name and develop. Yeah. And Is there any like lead friend? Like I think your some of your Digimon game, some of your Digimon games, are they Bandai Namco? Some are. Yeah. But the big ones would be like Soul Calibur. Yeah. The, the Tales of series. The whole Tales series. Yeah. Like I said They're just a publisher, mainly a publisher though. Yeah. But they still have their hand in them. Yeah. A little bit. Their biggest franchise now is the Souls franchise. Yeah. Probably. Outsales everything else they've done. Like we said, or, uh, like we're saying now, it's it's an action adventure role playing, which it's is a souls like. Souls like is the genre. Now, the colloquial term, the colloquial term for this, had always been anime souls. It's it's, it's anime souls, haha. And so, like people, and a lot of people talk about the game being kind of easy. Yeah. A lot of stuff like, I read about it being easy, and when we started playing it, game's not easy. I don't know what people were thinking. It's fairly difficult because the bosses are aggressive as all hell and they it's just, just it's we, we'll talk about it again well I'll say it, I'll drink every time I take a shot every time I say balance the game's not balanced in the in a, in a proper way I, I, I don't think from my Dark Souls and Demon Souls experience it's just so many things uh, tend to be uh, unfair and I was I was ready to kind of have a to Kind of, I want to say, I say it, but, but coast on a, a souls like that's not crippledly difficult because everywhere you, everybody said, I guess me and Blake just suck at video games, which is fine. Every, but everywhere you read anime, anime, or sorry, Code Vein is the easiest souls like there is. And I was just like, we uh, we struggled, yeah, I, to the point we'll go ahead and say this now. We didn't beat it. Yeah, I said it earlier we didn't, yeah. we didn't beat it because there was a there was a, a dual boss. Uh, people who've already played one, I don't know their name, but there's two bosses you fight. And it, I think they do this. It happens in uh, uh, Ornstein and uh, Smog and uh, Dark Souls. There's two bosses you fight. When you defeat one, the other one gets stronger. But that boss is beatable. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one is just so, it's so hard to start out with. Like, it's so hard to read, read both, both enemies together, you know. It, and, and then deal with it. I don't even know if we even. I don't know if we even managed to even kill one or the other. We did it multiple times because we tried both. We tried let's kill the fire guy first or fire girl, and then okay, let's kill the ice guy. And both times it just ramps up their aggressiveness. And you're in a small area. Like that's that's the other killer thing. It was in a you're tiny small arena, tiny yeah. battle arena. Yeah, smog and Warnstein are in a cathedral, and it, which is a pretty large. This was a just a square part of a bridge. Yeah. 
It was rough. And yeah. they had uh, they had long range, short range. There was no safe area. Like at least with like Ornstein and Smile, you're like, okay, with Ornstein, you you do long range because he's he's a spear user and he medium to short. While Smog used the big old hammer, so he was strictly short range. But he would do that jump, so you could stay from him in medium range. You knew the strategy of where to be. These guys, you weren't safe anywhere, and their attacks were so wide and you know yeah. area covering in such a small area. I, I would, it was just annoying. Yeah. So we, we can rewind back to. Yeah, playing in the beginning when we kind of liked it, because <laughs> it's uh, how you say because it does. Well, see, the other thing is like, that talks about it being easy was even as you get a partner, and it, as you play through the game, you you rescue some people, you do side quests, and you can get certain people to join you, and then as you are friendly with them, you can raise their friendship by gifts and random items that you can buy or find. And that increases their actual abilities and their capabilities. And eventually, they might gift you uh, their class or their weapon. They usually gift you their class. Then you got to buy their weapon from them. Like there's like this. Yeah. Or, the, or no, you give them those those uh, gifts. And the gifts give you these points. And you use those points to buy stuff from them. And usually it includes their, their, their unique weapon. Their specific weapon. But And you can take these partners partner with you. Yeah. So boom, could we, could we have? Could yes, we, we played co-op. I can remember so we did co-op plus a partner. Mm-hmm. So you had three people with you at all times. So, so, do we have three during that boss? Yeah, we had an AI. We had AI companion during that. We boss. had because uh, we would even read certain strategies. It's like, oh, use this character because their their class works best with because your your partner would actually your partner could pick you up and everything too, and that was pretty cool. And cast yeah. heals. Well, they couldn't heal you, but they could pick you up. And no, they could heal you. Could heal you. They have the. It, it was that healing where they took away their own life to give to you oh. type situation, but they could gift you health. Hmm. And even with a part, it was just boom. We'd start the fight, and immediately one of us would go down. And it was, I don't want to talk about because there's a lot of fun, cool things for that fight. It just left a bad taste in my mouth, and I just yeah. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And so, kind of quickly. The the mythos in the world, the world building is kind of cool, but again, it's it's anime, so it gets a little nonsensical at times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's post apocalyptic dystopian environment, though you're in the world, but it's you know you've been it's been taken over by everything. Eh, quote unquote, after the great collapse, is what it was called. You are. You and a lot of your people are called revenants, which are how do you say you're dead people without souls. I guess I, 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 I vaguely remember. <laughs> and so, I'm trying to, I, I, I don't want to get the whole story out, but because it's a little weird. But there's because everyone has their classes and their ability, and of course, your main character is unique and different. He's something called a void type, which means he can absorb essence and blood from other people and gain their abilities. That's how you that's how you that's why your main character can change classes. Yeah, back and forth. And class changes. Well could you know the story? We'll talk about classes. And so everything because you have oh God. Okay. We can't go deep. I mean one I don't let's be honest, I don't remember the story right now because it's been months since we played, but uh two it's it gets like you said anime so it gets wacky. It just right, so everyone is a revenant that's not dead. 
and as a revenant, in order to stay sane, everything becomes uh, vampiric. You have to uh, drink these uh, blood beads, which help you maintain your sanity. But there's also the miasma, miasma, how you want to pronounce it, that has infected the world. And if you're out in the miasma, uh, you can... And if you're out there too long, you become, quote-unquote, lost or uh, frenzied, which means you absence of blood and you just... You're violent, you're angry, and you're attacking everything. And then when you become completely lost... Because if you're frenzied, you can be given blood and be brought back to your senses. But if you're lost, mm-hmm. you're, again... It, it says itself. You're lost. You're a lost cause. There's no way to bring you back. You've been you without. F- you fight. You fight frenzied people. You frenzied people, and you fight a few lost. Now, as it goes on, you start finding some of these people, the, the quote unquote successors of the queen, which is the ultimate bad guy. And there, basically, there you have many bosses, but your big hardest boss fights tend to be the successors of the individual parts of the queen. And that's you know the story is. It's the most, it's the most story you get out of a Souls game. <laughs> All the story is there. Yeah, there's, there's nothing left lot, to your imagination. There's a lot more cutscenes and like talking. There are more than a regular Souls like in general usually. And speaking of the the cutscenes and the story, it doesn't do that um, annoying thing that some of these anime based games do with the two pictures talking. With the two pictures, they actually have cutscenes and fighting and choreography and yeah. stuff like that and. A lot of their animation was actually inspired by one of the games that they put out too, uh, called God Eater Three. Mm-hmm. They used a lot of the animation techniques from that to do their fight scenes and stuff in oh, the cool. cutscenes. So there's all that. Like, there's more I could go into, but I don't want to bore you too much with all the details of everything. the The game is voice acted very well. I I, I didn't hate any of the voice actors. They were all really good, really. You know what they were supposed to. Re- if, you look, if you watch any anime in English, you'll have some recognizable voices throughout. We don't watch all that much anime, but when we we do, we watch enough that we recognize some voices here and there. And the uh, one of my biggest complaints is a um, it the maps were so uh, labyrinthine; they weren't oh, God, straightforward. Yeah. But uh, you were going up, down, left, right, underneath, and it was just some people probably that, that's probably a pro to some people. Some people, some people probably love that stuff. The dense, like dense maps, denser like when it's, when it, when they make more sense, dense maps are interesting. They're very dense, but they would also do a lot of um, like you could walk around in circles, and you're like, I don't know what to do, and it relied on cheap tricks because at some point. Just, uh, the way they have the camera, they they the camera tricks where you can't you literally have to blind jump, oh, yeah, to get to where you're going. It's a big no no in video games. I feel like nobody likes a blind jump. It's a blind it's a blind jump, and it's fine to use them every now and again, but this game heavily relied on these three particular things that I found annoying. The blind jumps, like literally, there's you, you can't turn your camera because you walk and you're like there's just nothingness. You're like we well, just jump. And the miasma will clear as you fall, and you, you might land where you're supposed to, or you might die and realize, oh, I need to jump two feet to the left. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, it does that thing, it's far, again, far too often, was whenever you open a chest, boom, immediately, it wasn't that it was a mimic, but you open the chest, and immediately 
things would jump from the ceiling, things would come out of the wall, things, and you well, were just that, like, that happens in all video games. Yeah, but it was a, it wasn't just like one or two; it was horde. Yeah, it would be hordes. That was almost a, that was like an actual game, like almost a game mechanic. It seemed like you would you go to yeah. these rooms or you walk into a room and it was. But just that was a thing that uh, yeah, it was triggered because it gives you a lot of the little blood stuff at the end of it and just yeah, running those are, hordes and hordes and hordes and hordes. Far too long. Every one of the, those little horde battles for like, far too long. And of course, if you die, you have to restart. You have to first. You have to make it back to that spot. Pick your soul. Haze, aka souls, pick them up, re open the the treasure chest to re trigger the fight, and you and if you wanted the rewards, you had to make sure you know get good, and make it through. Mm-hmm. And the other one was, again, it's okay to do it every now and again, but there's a whole area in the, the citadel or the cathedral, where every it got to the point where me and Drew were just laughing about it because it wasn't original thought, is if you needed to go somewhere. Pan your camera and look down. Oh, there's a ladder. Pan your camera. Oh, there's not a ladder, but there's a bridge under, or there's a thing. Every, the entire thing was just leapfrogging back and forth, back and forth from the ledges, and it was just so obnoxious and annoying. And that area was an area you go to more often than anything else because that was like a a hub dungeon because it would branch off everywhere, and you had to branch go through that place so many times. Yeah. And it just, it just annoyed me. And now, like I said, we had the different classes and in order you had to play as the class for X amount of time. And depending on how many kills you, I forget exactly how it leveled up. Was it skills or was it actual level? I think it was points, but I think you had, like you had used your haze to level it up, level to learn the skills, but to unlock them, you had to play as the class for a certain amount of time. Was it? I think it was get kills with that class. With that class. It's been a while since we played, but, but you had, Skills it started with, and then you had unlockable skills, but then you had to buy the skills once you unlocked them. But well, well, if you were playing the class, you could you didn't you didn't have to worry about it. But when you mastered the skill, once you mastered the skill, then you, you could apply start, it to other classes. You yeah. could start making hybrid classes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Active and pa- with active and passive skills, and some of the passives were truly amazing. Yeah, well, so it just depends. Some's like yeah. Five percent more health. I'm like, yay! But then other classes were like, oh, it's a super weak class. Uh, but it has cool passives. Cool passives, or it'd be the other way around. Like, oh, it's a glass cannon. It has all these super powerful attacks, but you take like two hits and you're dead. And you're like, well, screw that noise. I'm gonna just combine it with this, with these set of you know, it's a very customizable playing experience. And any all the classes can only use um, certain weapon types. Certain weapon types. A lot, and you usually you'll, you'll you'll usually meet the person for meet the person who has that class, so you'll you'll see the kind of weapon they're using anyway. Yeah. I do remember playing because again, certain times you just get into the flow of things, and we lost too many times. We weren't enjoying the experience as a whole. That was another reason what led us to not want to like really just grind because we almost uh, in remnant uh, from ashes. Uh, there's a the needler that almost made us quit playing, but then I just we had a friend who helped us. Not in, not in the needler. Not the needler. Oh the oh the needler. That's the, the needler. Wall guy. Yeah, the yeah. needler was for me was just a zone. A, that's the best gaming I'm ever going to do. Yeah, I was against that particular thing, and I had a moment like that in in uh, Code Vein as well. There was a monstrous uh, like ice chuck in. I think he was one of the successors. 
it was the giant ice dude who would like run around the thing and with his shield. And I think I ended up being the winner on that one as well, just because I just I zoned in. I was dodging and using my that awesome uh, that girl with the I can't think of another word but that Russian hat that that tall <laughs> cone that yeah. cylindrical hat. And she, I used her class, and uh, it was just like you know the the like you throw it up and the, it was basically like homing homing missile or crystal missile or whatever from the Dark Souls. It was just that, and I was I ended up wrecking that dude and dodging and just casting it over and over again and dodging and like that was probably my crowning che- moment right there. Mm-hmm. And then after that, just to get to like I was like oh yeah, whoo! And then to get stuck on a, a dual fight that wasn't even one of the successors was just. And we were close. We were like two thirds or three fourths of the way done. We, I know that we game, were close yeah. to the end. We played a lot of it based off the number of successors that we beat versus had left. And it just, I don't know, demoralizing and weren't enjoying the experience. And as we've gotten older, like we've said before, if we're not enjoying something, you know, we just we drop it like it's hot. We're like, no, I'm, I play video games to have fun, not yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably talk about it uh, before too long. There's another Souls like Ashen. We we were playing. We were streaming. We were streaming Ashen before the move, and it's we had a point in Ashen where we're just like, like we're done with this. It has a lot. Of, we'll get to it. We'll definitely talk about it soon. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about equipment and stuff. I, I don't remember if this game suffers because this, this again this runs into Ashen, but like you get equipment that just this is not making a difference. A lot of it, like your your weapons, a lot of it did. Depending on what class you were using, it, you're like, oh, this is an S rank in... Your weapon affects your moveset, basically. Yeah. But your, I, remember, I remember armor so well in this game. Was there... Was there... I don't... I think there... Well, no, there was, because your character changed armor every now and again. Well, there looked, but it was like, what in the uh, statistics or whatever the, whatever the armor does, like, negligible, like it just like didn't seem like it was really helping that much. Yeah. Well, it, it specialized. Like, if you're, you just wanted to build. Like, if I'm using the gun class that specializes in long range and magic, I want to make sure I'm using. Because certain of the coats also affected your moves, your movement set. Like, if you, because I remember one of them was this awesome, uh, coat that it it said it, it gave you a it, it said a, I can't remember exactly what it said. It was like a higher dodge rate but only your your standard b which was just your 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 back jump but for this one it was it uh it you literally did like a a, a long backflip backwards okay. as opposed to just a roll and like, you know you're like oh i want that dodge i'd rather have that dodge over the defense and you play i will i'm sure there's like some phenomenal players out there who can who make this game look like an anime while they're oh yeah while they're playing it I have nothing really against the game. It's a Souls-like, but it's a Souls-like that's not put out by From Software and Miyazaki, and so it suffers from a couple of things. People like people who build Souls-like, they're like, oh, let's throw in a bunch of enemies, but these games aren't designed for you to handle 15 enemies at once. This isn't yeah. a Musou game. Yeah. By any, it's a Souls-like. You can't... Yeah. Less is more. Yeah, like, give me three enemies that are fairly difficult. Don't give me five... That or can ten or fifteen like this game throws the game throws hordes at you. It does. And it's just it's just this isn't, isn't a horde game. That's not the idea. But anyway, yeah. I I said I liked what I played to an extent until I got just done with it. Uh, the characters were fine. The story was anime and nonsensical. And I mean, I go play it. I mean, if you're, it was, <clears throat> it has left Game Pass. It's something we tried. We might have. 
played this not when it was leaving. I think we played it. It's we were looking for me. We're always trying to find a co-op thing to play on weekends. Sometimes this is we just happened. It was on Game Pass. I think did we buy this. I can't remember exactly, but we played it. I think it was on Game Pass at a certain point, and then of now has left. But I can't. It's been so long. I can't remember now. Likewise, I, <clears throat> one thing I will say is the it had co-op and it was great, but. Did we play? The, I don't think we played this on our Series X's, or did we? We did not. Because uh, the there load is a, screens, there is a noticeable, a staggering load screens when you die. Load in this screens game. galore. This is something I wish we had played after we got our. I, I remember. Nah, it's a big. Hey, oh, I forgot about that. Man, this game has the worst loading screens for a game. That's not that doesn't seem. I mean, that's just that could be just an opt- optimization issue, maybe. But man, this would have been a lot more. Maybe uh, dying and not waiting a minute to, for a load screen would have would have helped us a little bit, but man, it was that may have because that may have been what did it. Because anytime we any, did any any kind of traveling, either because there was fast traveling, there's fast traveling, and then there's like going back to old areas and speaking to old NPCs, and then like, hey, if you uh you know do this or if you beat fight the boss, this horde for me, yeah, fight yeah. this horde for me, go around the corner, fight this item, or if you beat a boss and you go back, he's like, hey. I'll trade you this item, and then that item you take it somewhere. It was actually it was pretty well built, but I will say I think one of the just gear grinding factors had to have been those load screens. I think, mm-hmm. especially on that boss dying 15, 20 times. I wonder what like <clears throat> I wonder what it looks like side by side on the loading screens. Just loading screens. People who don't have the you know we're lucky enough to have our Series X's, but people who don't have them don't probably don't understand the. The solid state, the solid drive. state hard drives, or they're more more interesting than whatever. I've yet to play a, a, a game on my Xbox that actually seems next gen, but the difference it makes on load screens and games that I've played on both types of consoles is that people, I've heard people online say it too. That's worth it all its own. <laughs> Definitely. Anything else for this game? Really? I mean, it's kind of a, a short. Spiel on a, on a Souls like, but I mean we didn't beat it because we go because I think, trying to think if we forgot anything to really talk about we get a lot of my notes were about like the the world and the story you know you go through it pretty quickly Vampire Fighters the Queen uh, yeah Story Beat Spring Successors Crypt Relics well there was one cool thing that we liked with the uh, it was that that big bald dude. And he'd give you those side missions where you go into literally like the labyrinth and it was tiered by floors. And that was pretty fun because you would get to go back and that's how you would get some of the special classes, some of the combo class, some of the really awesome weapons. And that was pretty cool going through those. Because the co-op when it worked was good because it was you and your partner and it was you, 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 you could handle some stuff. Yeah. But then sometimes it was just... Really, I feel like there was a caveat somewhere that made it made it not that good. <clears throat> I can't remember, though. Anyway, is that all we have for this particular one? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hope you all enjoyed hearing about Code Vein. If you, uh, it's Obviously, the game is not for everybody. Um, people, you see, always see posts when there's a new Souls, Souls-like out or either a new Souls game like Elden Ring... Or a Souls like like Code Vein when when a new one comes out, you just always post like, I never played one for I never played one before. Is this for me? It's a very 
cut. Like, how do you like? Not this. They're clearly not for everybody. People absolutely hate this genre. Oh yeah, yeah. We try them all. We try all the the you know the Souls likes, and we do all the Souls games. But like, it's just. But this way, I don't think we've ever. Well, we beat Remnant probably. We beat. Well, we didn't beat the DLC. Because that, that final, final boss but we, was we beat Remnant. We, we beat, beat the main story of Remnant. So, but other than Remnant, we've never beat another Souls-like. We've played a bunch. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <clears throat> We're not counting the main lines. Because we've beat... I said Souls-like. Yeah. Souls-like. I'm trying to think. Because we've... Because uh, Faith of the Fallen... Eli, no, Surge. Lords of the Fallen. Lords of the Fallen. Surge. Surge. Ashen. Ashen. I'm sure there's more that I can think there's probably of. Probably more. Cold yeah. Vein. So, and we're not, and it kind of keeps, we're, we're definitely not, not going to play Surge 2 because Surge 1, we couldn't beat the first boss in Surge 1. Surge also didn't have co op. Lords yeah, of the Fallen didn't have co op. We thrive on yeah, I'll tell you right now, playing, playing I, together. I suck at these games, and if I had to play by myself, I would never beat them. Yeah. Because that requires well, me to get good. There's a reason we haven't played Sekiro. Yeah. Anyway, that's all, right. all for the games. We did it. What I have now is I think oh, we've I've, I've we've did this right. I'm pretty sure episode 59 should have been a TV show or movie. I'm pretty of sure some that? sort. I can't look that far into the past. What I have today, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and take my turn, regardless of whatever Blake looks up. Is I have a band for you. It's nice to put another band out there. This band is, as far as I can tell, not currently active, though. They did uh, play a cancer benefit show in 2021. They did come together for the first time because their last album came out in 2015, and they were kind of, I think, uh, the lead singer. I think she had a she had a baby, right? Yeah, Alexis had a baby. Yes. So I think she had a baby and kind of semi-retired, maybe, maybe while she's raising the kid, which it happens. but it was kind of cool to hear that they came back and did a cancer. I think it was I think it was a cancer benefit show in 2021, which is kind of cool. Uh, they're a rock metal band. I mean, you get in a genre. I'm not talking about genres. I forget. I think we might have discovered them. One of my old bands I discovered through Pandora, probably so. back in the day. Because Pandora, I said before. I don't use Pandora anymore. I feel like I should sometimes if I want to discover new bands. I found a lot of bands through Pandora, and I've found like one or two through Spotify and a lot of my Spotify is just not as good at it for some reason. It could be some algorithm stuff. Um, they're actually a semi local band. They're actually, it says the band originated in, uh, in Knoxville. The band's home is in Knoxville, Tennessee. Me and Blake are in Nashville. Uh, the singer, she's from Clarksville, Tennessee, which is where we, uh, the one time I think we've seen them live, right, was in Clarksville. We've seen them. Yeah. So we saw them live one time in Clarksville, which is really fun because Alexis, the singer, she has a lot of charisma and she's funny, and uh, but she was in her hometown talking about how uh, I'm, I'm showing off tonight because my mom's in the audience because her mom, her mom was at her show. So it was kind of, it was, it was, a, it was, I love seeing her, like the band like that in their like their hometown knowing they've got family or somebody there yeah. it was it was just kind of fun it's the only time we've got to see them too so was, I lo- I'd love to see them show. I'd love it to see them a, again they're fantastic yeah it was a great show um we just an awesome awesome band I, you, you get kind of like talking in circles about bands sometimes uh, do you get your picture? Because I met her and got a picture with yeah, we you have, we have pic- Blake, if Blake can find him he'll post our pictures I know mine I don't know where yours would be 
if you post one or one of them, it's yeah. fine. Like so, you, it'd be fun to uh, listen to the song I play today for what what this girl what this girl can do. She's one of our favorite female vocalists. She's, she's unique, unique, unique in the genre, of course. We're not sexist or anything. Just a lot of there's not enough, not a lot of unique things that girls do in in vocals for metal and rock. She, this band goes from like rock into some heavy heavy stuff, and how she handles it and what she does with her vocals. She has about like three distinct vocal styles throughout her things. And the song I picked, I might cover it all. I haven't listened to the song since I picked it. It's been a couple of weeks since I picked it or months. <laughs> I picked this before the, for the hiatus. Yeah. I picked this song before then, but, uh, I think this song has everything she does throughout the song. It's really, it's really cool. Um, I said, I hope they, I hope they come back sometime soon. It's been a while. Uh, the last album, last full album was in 2015 nope that's an ep sorry last full album and the and the album that i got this song from is in 2011 that's the album the the fight of our lives which is the album i got this song from they had two eps since then one in 2014 and one in 2015 and then kind of went on their little their their, their extended hiatus yeah. of what they were doing uh fingers crossed i mean the, the good sign the the show in 2015 in 2021 is a good sign Oh yeah, so that they're that they're still at least trying to be active, and maybe we'll before too long we'll hear uh, new music from them, which would be cool. Because I always wonder. I think you and me have talked about this off podcast when these super creative types, uh, like uh, like Alexis Brown from here, she is the vocal. I think just musicians in general, musicians in general, like when something happens. Because there's some local bands uh, I'll bring up that you guys may not know anything about. But there's a band called Nevea, another band called Forgotten Fables, them, and then uh, we've talked about. I think they were our first our band. First band was uh, Fair to Midland, like great musicians. But something happened either financially or you know one of the members like I can't do this. I got a family. Her, to her baby, you know. You know, you have a baby. And like what? Where does all that creative energy go? Because yeah. like you're you're a fantastic musician. Like, do you just strum a guitar or you know, acoustic at home alone, or do you do drugs? Like, I just, like, yeah, where, where I, just, is, I wonder what is, happens to these super creative musicians. To go from to go from yeah, all this creative energy to go from creating what you creating your music to like going on stage, even in, even small venues like we go to. We we like the small local venues and playing in front of these crowds and feeding off the energy, and then you just. Stop! Stop! Like, I just, I, I, I would like, I would like to know what what happens. Yeah, it'd be crazy to. Because like, there's different types of creative, but that having listened to other podcasts and stuff like that, that high you get from the crowd. That's why, a lot, unfortunately, a lot of people get into drugs and drinking and stuff because they're chasing chasing that high, and nothing, nothing ever feels like that again. What happens? I don't know. Like. It makes no me idea. sad to think about it, in all honesty. Yeah, I've covered a lot of bands on here that don't they don't exist anymore, and where where they, I know some of the other members go and play in other things. Like you look them up and you see they're kind of piddling and playing in other things and stuff like that. But then other ones, you're just like, this is the only thing they ever did. Like uh, band wise, I can't remember his name, but the uh, the bassist, no, for, the drummer for uh, Adam uh, Adam Ship. Yeah, like an incredible drummer. And I look him up, and like he's he played drums on like like a, a completely different band for like a one-off album for this woman who was doing like a solo thing. He played her session drums for her, 
and there's nothing else. I was like, dude, you were born like you listen to listen to Adam Ship, but you're born to drum. And you look at the basis for Fair to Midland for a while, for a, a, a good while. He played for 10 years. He was their basis for 10 years for several tours. Yeah. I guess they're touring basis because they have, <clears throat> I think their normal basis does drums, acoustic, and bass. Yeah, that, that dude's multi-talented. Let's, let's give him a break, y'all. But just what happens? I I don't want to end this on a, such a sad note because <laughs> but I was just, like, I'm blatantly Think curious. About it sometimes. Every time you run into a band, every time you run into a band like this, granted they might still be active. But yes, yeah, so the fact you said that they they did that cancer benefit show is is very hopeful for us to have them do new things. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, here says she had a a baby with a baby with her bassist. There you go. Hmm, that's fun. Um. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Uh, we hope you enjoy this. We really enjoyed. Uh, we 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 love the band, and you know we want to hear more. We had it was a great great live show. Um, the song I picked is from the fight of our lives. It's called Conversion. It actually is one of their singles. I hate. I, I didn't. I found out just now. I really accident. I hate picking singles because it's just like ugh, singles, whatever. But sometimes it, it is some of their like I'd like for like a. I keep we're a lot of other bands. We're distracted, but like when I, when I when I did uh, Fire from the Gods, you have to do. Ex- I had to do. Excuse me, like you just have to. Like, but that but that that out. Al- they're both their two albums are basically perfect. So you're just like, oh my god. But excuse me, it just reaches out and dope as hell. Yeah. So but every now and then I have picked uh, some uh, conver- of singles. This just happens to. I didn't know it was a single before I picked it. I'm looking now, it's one of the two singles from uh, that particular album. So, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to try the... Uh, do you got any, any other thoughts? Um, Straight Line Stitch is fantastic. Yeah? Man, I love them. Yeah, cool. So now I'm going to try, uh, as I go off of this, instead of, usually I would we would play the song right now, I'm going to, uh, you'll probably hear, as I'm talking, the social media background music come up as I'm talking right now, if I'm editing. And I'm going to do the social media stuff on the end want to thank everybody for listening and hopefully coming back all our listeners who've been waiting for us to come back and do this again any new listeners we grabbed from from ben from ben if 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 any if any yeah (laughs) yeah um appreciate everybody listening and appreciate your patience waiting for us to get uh moved and settled again you know life stuff happens and we do enjoy making the podcast and the next thing you hear may or may not be a Pokemon only episode we're not sure yet Blake has to play one of the games don't judge might be after might be we might do one other thing before our Pokemon episode we'll see what happens uh, with that I'm going to do the wrap up with the social media stuff and then when that come when this stops you will hear uh, conversion by straight line stitch so as always you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Instagram page is lacking because Blake runs that one. Well, I've, I've actually been during our hiatus. I update, I'm not sure if I'm caught up, but I did update it. Been updated to try to get back into it. I run the Twitter and the Facebook, both of which I post about uh, when we're recording, when episodes are coming out, or any other random things that come across as interesting. I will post there, and on the Twitter and Facebook, uh, you can write stuff to us if you want to comment on the episodes or suggestions for games or bands or movies tv shows anything this podcast covers we will we would appreciate some suggestions or thoughts about 
how things are going, and we read, uh, if you want, we read thoughts, we'll read thoughts during this section, probably. If anybody, a lot of folks are too scared to write into things or have their stuff read in a, in a forum online. I get it's A lot of scary. people like to lurk. Like, a, lot, a lot of lurking. Tell you, it is fun to get your stuff read. I've, I've had some of my stuff read on a couple of my favorite podcasts, so it's very fun to do. It fills um, you with the weird... A weird feeling like, like a sense of joy somebody, and somebody else, is, somebody else is reading your words yeah. it is awesome um, we have a discord which is somewhat dormant that's for like more active talking for anybody you know what people a lot of people know what discord is better than I do yeah I'm not too versed in it but we have a discord page so a discord channel I'm old whatever you call it it's there Webcast. you can join it you can talk to anybody else that's on there you can talk to us directly we do We it's on our phones we will respond uh, we have our Twitch channel of course which has been on a break because we don't have our Xboxes and Playstations and all that stuff are in stores the Xboxes are back out they're plugged in and updating updated now they're all good now. Should be. Uh, we have not we were playing a game Chaos Bane We'll be active again pretty soon. We'll keep streaming that probably and finish up finish up that game. We'll get back to streaming pretty soon. So follow our Twitch channel or the other stuff to see when I post about things like that. Uh, like every podcast you hear, we have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon is, if you don't know what it is, it's just a way to give back to the people who work uh, on podcasts like this because these things aren't exactly free. Equipment's not free. Other things aren't free. Uh my, the art that we do the for artwork's our not free uh, certain bits of music ain't free we got some some stuff some music stuff that was free like we are real nice our new intro I say new it's a little old not old but our intro current intro now was gifted to us from uh, Jared from Emerge so we always want to thank him for letting us have that it's wicked cool it's fantastic it's phenomenal uh, big smile on my face every time I'm dropping that new intro into our podcast it's so fun uh, Patreon. It's just you just go on there, click on it. You just give. I don't. I don't know where. I, I don't. I haven't been on it in a while. I need to go on there, and maybe update it too, and change some things. But I think it's like set to like two dollars a month or something like that. And it's just giving back. And we and you get the uh, I do post the unedited the unedited episodes without any music or anything in them, which is maybe kind of boring. But you might like to have just to hear stuff early if people like that. I do post the episodes on Patreon the day we record unedited. And then the week after that, the following Sunday is when you get the edited version with music and all the coughs and stuff and maybe cursing edited out <laughs> here and there. So that's what that's, that's what that's what Patreon's for. We appreciate anybody. We have a one or two or three or I don't know some number of people who give to our Patreon. You know, Thank you very much, guys and gals. We ain't got our mom. We ain't got our mom on there yet. We can't can't explain to your mom what Patreon is. But maybe maybe, maybe we'll ring her in one day. Of course, I'll be adding to it today. We have I uh, have a Spotify playlist you can find on Spotify. If you search our podcast name, the podcast will come up, and if, hopefully, if you scroll down, the Spotify our Spotify playlist will be on there. It's every band, uh, only only bands, not video game music. But every band I've ever played, the song that I played is all built into this uh, playlist. It's really cool. Hopefully, I remember to add the song, the songs to the playlist. I sometimes realize. Two, epi- two, e- two episodes later when I'm adding another band that I didn't add the last song to the Spotify playlist which again is making me think now did I add the last one I don't know I need to go look speaking of music you are hearing music now uh, behind us this uh, I don't know which one's playing we've had one we, we, we had one request from a friend of our, a friend of mine from high school uh, from Brandon 
you hear that one occasionally alternate his and then uh my fiance jessica has a work friend who who, who produces music as well uh, her friend her work friend skyler uh he goes by his music thing is cherished ghost you hear that okay alternate his two that he gave me alternate behind me if you are a music creator of sorts or just a music crowd i don't know why i said of sorts if you're a music creator producer or whatever if you have music you'd like to submit to the podcast for you know and we'll play it here in the background here in the background of this and give you give you give you credit of course we like to have it'd be yeah. cool to have other fan submissions to the podcast that'd be kind of interesting preferably in the genre we appreciate rock metal anything cool but if you have anything that just sounds cool and i mean like if you listen to the uh the video game music that i pick that i play at the intro of each game i have a wide variety of music that i like in general i just listen to a lot of rock and metal is my go-to genre but i have a good appreciation of all kinds of music if you get anything that you specifically think you would fit well with our podcast we will play it i guarantee you oh yeah oh, as this continues we have a store a lock stock and two smoking controller store where you can buy just stuff with our logo on it basically with featuring our devious pixel artwork i keep saying i haven't done it yet i keep wondering i didn't, people write in if you would if you would like uh shirts or anything with the guest the guest logos i haven't made shirts with the guest logos yet. i have all the guest art i just didn't make any of the logos with the guests on it if you prefer or any of the guests if you would like a shirt with your devious pixel art on it let me know and we'll get you hooked up we'll get you hooked up with a, a shirt with your own artwork on it which will be kind of what's the word if you're wearing your own thing not self-promotion self-gratifying self-flagellation no. we have our own shirts too and you, you wear your self-promotion and you wear our own podcast shirts anyway getting away from that uh, we have email address, of course. It's the number two, smokingcontrollers at gmail.com. You can use that, like Twitter or Facebook, to write in anything. Thoughts on the thoughts on the podcast. Thoughts on me and Blake in general. Good, bad. We don't we don't care. We, yeah. we whatever you want to write to us, we'll read it. Uh, if you want it read on the pod on the online, depending on what it is. If it's not gross or anything strange, we'll. We'll read on here because we try to keep this podcast at least somewhat family friendly because it's video games and a lot of kids play video games. Whatever we're grown men, we play video games. It's for everybody. That's the email address for anything. Same thing with the email. You can use that for the music submissions. Anything that the email is a great place for us to get stuff like that. Whew, deep breath. We of course are running another podcast. Uh, this one is more uh, more Blake and our friend Steve. I mostly produce and edit and speak occasionally, maybe too much on that podcast I try to stay quiet but it's called Action the movie podcast and that's where Blake and Steve take turns picking movies for each other to watch and talk about this pod that podcast branched off this podcast because Blake does movies on here but he talks very little about them trying not to spoil them because he's trying to get you to watch these movies and TV shows he's trying so hard not to spoil them which makes it very difficult so this other podcast was born of that, except for Steve and Blake. Uh, it's a full spoiler podcast. They recommend that you watch the movie first. I announce the movies through social media. They announce the next movie in the podcast, and you always recommend that you watch the movie first. And that's a full spoiler thing. Very fun. It's a, we're having a great time making that podcast. Our, our buddy Steve, who's the co-host of that podcast, is a great guy. A lot of fun. And the last thing, of course, is we're still always going to promote Blake's 
published story on uh, Amazon Kindle. He wrote a story, short story. They come this night. You can find it by searching that name, and it will pop up. That thing is only a dollar if you want to support Blake, if, unless you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, and it's just in there. It's just free inside that, so we appreciate anything about that. And we don't act, we don't really ask for it for the podcast, because it's whatever. Our podcast is very niche, but if you read, if you buy Blake's story and you read it, please, if you read it first, uh, write a genuine review for his story on Amazon. We prefer, I always worry people would like just buy it because they like Blake on the podcast and just write, I love Blake in the, in the, in the thing. We don't, we don't really want that. It's funny or nice, but prefer you read the story. The story, it's a short story. It's not very long. Oh, so that's it. That's, we have a lot of stuff and I keep forgetting how long that is. I've done it in a long time. Uh, next time I'll make Blake do it. Links to all this stuff. Links to every single thing that I've said and links to the games and links to everything, the band and all this fun stuff is in the show notes of this podcast. If you don't feel like Googling anything, just click on the show notes on your phone because I guarantee you're on your phone right now. Click on any one of those things. It'll link you straight to what we're doing. We appreciate you getting on there and uh, interacting with this. We want people to interact with us, make this makes it feel like we're not just talking to ourselves in this this, this little podcast room. You got anything to add? Um, no. I Doesn't don't. sound like it. <laughs> I don't think I do. All right. Uh, let us know if you what you think of this messy part, not messy part, the boring part that nobody likes being on the end or on the front. We will change it back and forth, maybe depending on how we feel, how I feel when I'm editing it. Regardless, that's all I've got. So now this, this, whatever music you're hearing now will be fading out and then coming up will be conversion from straight line stitch. Thank you so much for listening. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.
Yeah! <laughs>